We are live in the 405. Welcome back to another episode of the Thundergrads podcast. I am your host for today, Michael Martin, and I am joined by Mr. Miles Hartman. Miles, what's going on? Yes, sir. What's good, Mike? Not much. What's going on with you? Chilling, chilling. You know, we we actually, though for those who don't know, we actually are hoopers outside of talking about hoops. We actually hooped at the Huff yesterday. I mean, it was, it was pretty good. You know, we had a good couple runs in, you know. Mm-hmm. I had my little dime pass to you. you <laughs> I was looking like Giddy out there. Were you? Yeah, I was. I was, you know, like. Looking you know, like Derek Favors. Uh, no, I had dimes, so I'm Josh Giddy. Okay. Yeah. So. We'll we'll post the highlights later. I'm All sure. Right. <laughs> we go get the security cameras. We'll get the security cam footage. You locking that guy down, <laughs> doing some different things. But moving on, the Thunder played last night. Miles went in dramatic fashion, one ten, one oh nine. You know, Shea comes out in Canada once again, drops twenty six points on twelve of twelve from the line, two of six from three, six of seventeen from the field. Uh, Lou Dort was out there, twenty two points with uh, 2 of 4 from the free throw line, 4 of 10 from 3, and 8 of 18 from the field. I just want to know from you, what is the good, bad, and ugly from that game? Uh, starting with the good, I mean, getting the dub on the road in, that, in front of that Raptors crowd, I mean, they was in it from the get-go. I mean, they were engaged the whole time, and the Raptors won, wanted that win badly, and we interrupted that. So, I mean, it was good to see. I mean, like you mentioned, SGA balled out, Lou Dort balled out, but, I mean, I want to – Put the spotlight on Bays. I mean, he had a solid game. He had 15 and five. I mean, he's slowly getting out of his his slump that we saw like la- earlier this week and last week. I mean, but it's good to see that. I mean, also shout out Mike Muscala for hitting that clutch three in the fourth. I mean, that was that was crazy. That was a to big see. shot. Not for real. I mean, for him to be all alone by himself at the top of the key and just shoot it like it was nothing. I mean, it was great to see him um, come into his own on that. But I feel like a bad would be. I was expecting, you know, Pascal or Fred Van Vliet or maybe maybe even Scotty Barnes to be leading the team in points. But, I mean, the Thunder allowed Gary Trent Jr. to lead the way for the Raptors and have 24. That's, that's kind of insane. I mean, I understand, you know, G. Trent Jr. is very slept on. I mean, I watched him when he played at Duke, when he played at Portland. I mean, in the bubble in Orlando. Guys got talent for real, but, I mean, it's just with this Raptors squad, they have so much talent. I would have thought, you know, they would have had him a little bit under control, but that's just me, though. But, but that's crazy, man. How he, how he's just been balling out like that last last night. And then ugly would have to be. I just really wish that this Thunder team would understand that they have a 10, 15 point lead, and you can't you can't allow teams to come back. I mean. We saw that last night. You just can't allow the Raptors to decide to come back late later on in the game and just go on this run late in the fourth. And the Thunder just allowed that. I mean, throughout that um the whole the whole run, they just looked lackadaisical on both ends. I mean, and they just allowed the Raptors just to just have their way. I I just me personally, I really thought the Thunder were going to lose that game. And you had. The Raptors just completely building momentum. The fan base was just loud. The energy was high. I mean, I really thought they were going to secure that dub, but that's that's just something that I feel like that was an ugly thing. We got to understand that once we have a lead, we have to be able to contain that lead, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I mean, you're playing against a pretty good team. 
with two guys who are on a championship team with that Raptors team a few years ago. Nick Nurse is a championship head coach. Scotty Barnes, we both think, is a future all-star. You know, Gary Trent did go off, like you said, but someone's going to have to score the points. And I think that Dort did a pretty good job on Fred Van Vliet. He went 6 of 20 from the field, 5 of 13 from the field. So that means he went 1 of 7 from twos. So that's that's pretty good. Keeping him uh, low efficiency. He only had 19 points. But as for my good, bad, and ugly, the good would be the fact that you mentioned we got a good Bays game. But I really wanted to highlight Lou Dort's development and just how much better he's gotten. If you've been watching this team for a couple of years, you remember Lou Dort coming up from the G League and just being a meme of a defender and just a funny name and stuff. But he is a real, real basketball like player. Like a real deal. Yeah. I mean, if you take out the first five games of the season, he's shooting 35% and making three threes a game. If anyone thought that he would shoot 35% at all at that point two years ago, you would have been called crazy, let alone making three threes, playing awesome defense. He had some great passes yesterday that he usually wouldn't have. And then his finishing from last year to this year is like night and day. He's able to go in there amongst the trees and finish really, really strong and look, I don't know, he looks comfortable doing it now. Last year it looked like he was kind of like not sure about the contact, but he's really finishing well and um, getting to the line, doing some different things. But if we're going to talk about different guys who are not playing well and not developing, then we have to for sure talk about the guys who are playing well and developing. And then as far as the bad, this is the first bad that I've had for Josh Giddy. Really? He, it wasn't his entire game, but there were a couple moments that really stood out where he got the ball just taken from him like three or four times during the game. You know what I'm talking about? Like Fred Van Vliet got him once. I think Champagny got him once. Just on some ones where he's just dribbling in front of him, just kind of being sloppy. Josh Giddy's got to get better. He still kind of plays a little bit upright. That's not to say that the future is not still super, super bright for him, but Everybody can work on things. Also, just going off what you said, being more aggressive when he attacks the rim. I mean, he you saw there was that one play. I forgot. It was like in the early on in the game. He went up and drove by his defender and then just tried to lay it up, and then Boucher just swats it out of there. I'm just like, wow. that He made that look easy. You got to be aware of when shot blockers are around. Right. If, I mean, if there's nobody who's a shot blocker around like Fred Van Vliet, then, yeah, go up for the layup. But if there's a guy who's going to come up there and really contest your shot, you got to go up for a dunk. Right, most definitely. And as far as the ugly, I mean, there's not a ton I'm other than this team continues to get down by points. But – there's nothing you really can complain about whenever they come back and win like they have. I think they have the most comeback wins this year of any team. I think they have five different wins this year alone where they're down double digits and come back and win. I'd say that's a pretty good you know, um, measuring stick and a pretty good sign of things to come because, I mean, even last night, you and I both mentioned pretty hostile environment, and all those young guys stepped up. I know, I know Muscala hit that shot, but Giddy hit a three down the stretch. Lou Dort was awesome. Baisley had a really, really nice game, doing some nice things. He had that block at the end of the game. I think this is an overall, just an all-around, a really great win. And uh, moving on, I wanted to mention this because, obviously, the Thunder lost by a billion points last week, <laughs> and now they've won back-to-back games. They're the only team to, went to go 2-1 and one and still have a minus 40 like point differential just because they lost by so much that one night. But I wanted to know from you, what do you think has been the biggest – or what do you think about this uh, Thunder response after losing to Memphis by this much and then having a comeback, double-digit win, down 18 to Detroit, and another double-digit 
went on the road in Toronto? I mean, honestly, I love it. I mean, it seems as if this Thunder team just completely wiped their memory of what happened that night in Memphis a couple nights ago, and they just been on a roll lately. I mean, guys are starting to come together and do do their thing, the things that they are good at consistently on a nightly basis. I mean, it starts with the first five. A lot of people were curious of whether or not, you know, SGA and Giddy could play together because they both need the ball in their hands throughout the course of the games. But it's it's good to see them become one of the exciting young backcourts that we're seeing in the league right now. So, I mean, that's good to see. Also, putting the spotlight on JRE. I mean, he's been great as the starting five ever since, you know, Dagnall made that decision to insert him over the veteran big and Derek Favors. So it's just great to see him come into his own, be aggressive inside the paint, and space the floor for guys to create on the offensive end. I mean, you got to understand, JRE, he's – this was a great young talent that we've seen him, you know, when he was at IMG and at Villanova. And a lot of people, when he got drafted late in, like, the first round, they were, like, kind of skeptical of, like, what he was going to be in the league. So, I mean, just to have that – like uncertainty on him to what he's been doing now. I mean, this is great to see, honestly. So I'm I'm happy for him. I'm as far as like the starting five and what they're doing, and like moving moving on from that night that happened in Memphis to you know them building momentum. So it's, it's great to see. Yeah, I love seeing JRE in that starting five. I feel like an idiot from the time at the draft whenever he was a second round pick, and I remember they traded a different second round pick to move up like three spots to get him, and I'm like, well. He's in the second round. Just wait. He'll be there. But I am so glad they did that because he has been a really, really important piece for this team and really, really helped them out and just solidified a lot of things. I also want to go back to the Toronto game, and I want to give a shout-out to Trey Mann because he was really good. He didn't make all of his shots. He didn't you know, do anything spectacular, but you can just see the development in him, and that's what I really want to highlight from these past two games is if you watch these don't, you don't have to watch the Memphis game, but you can watch like any five games to start the season, and you can see how this team has changed and evolved, and different guys are more comfortable and doing different things. No, I mean I love it really. I've, I'm big fan of you know once you get your feet wet, it's only up from here. Yeah, that's what it's about. I mean, this is what we've been talking about with development. This is what you're looking to see, and this is what it looks like. I don't think this team's going to continue to have a big win streak. Just yeah, no, in, no. but I think that it's important to. Enjoy the wins that this team gets and, you know, highlight those players who are playing well because it's going to be a rough year. It is, but, you know, future's looking bright, There's man. light at the end of the tunnel. Hey, we, we coming up slowly but surely, so I'm, I'm happy for this team, man. I mean, they've come a long way early in the season. A lot of people did not expect them to be winning this many games and, like, come back from, like, these, like, 20-point, 30-point deficits and just – you know, winning games at the end of at the end when the buzzer goes zero. So I mean, I'm I'm proud of this team, man. It's a lot of people saying this is going to be a down year, but I feel like we're in a step in the right direction. Yeah, I don't know if this makes sense, but they're not a good team, but they're also not a bad team. They're right. just kind of in the middle. They're okay. Yeah, they'll catch teams on different nights, but most of the nights, whenever a team's better than them, they'll probably lose, which is an okay place to be as a rebuilding team. But you mentioned the future. I wanted to know, this is a big draft upcoming. You have guys like Paolo Banchero and Chet Holmgren who are the consensus top two picks. But I was wondering, just from kind of a skill set type of, uh, I guess, perspective, what do you think this Thunder team is going to need in the draft this year? When I look at this roster, 
And what I look when I think of like what this Thunder team needs to invest in in this upcoming draft, I feel as if we need to invest in more three and D guys. You know, guys who are blue collar workers who aren't afraid to do the things on the court most players hate to do, like a you know another Lou Dort, for example, or a Michael Bridges. You know, one player that comes to mind when I look at this upcoming NBA draft, I think of guys like you know Jabari Smith out of Auburn, Kendall Brown out of Baylor. You know, guys who are within that you know six 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 nine range that can. Be a wing and can stretch the floor, be aggressive on both ends. Uh, I mentioned this guy earlier, Michael Bridges on the Suns right now. That's, you know, this is a guy that everybody wants to have on their team. He, like, sort of, they sort of describe him as like that Swiss Army knife. He just doesn't um, limit himself. He does a little bit of everything that that's needed in order to get a win. And I feel like the Thunder should try to invest in that in this upcoming draft. That's just me, though. What about you, Mike? Um, I'm going to go in a little bit of a different direction. I think the 3 and D thing is nice. You definitely need more shooting just because Giddy's not really a shooter yet. Shea needs as many outlets as possible. Dort's shooting really well. Jerry, I think, is leading rookies in three-point percentage. Baisley hasn't been good from three, so I think you're going to need to insert as much versatile shooting as possible. But more than anything, I think you need another primary score. Shea can't do everything whenever it comes to putting all the points in the basket. Lou Dort should be around your fourth best player that's not an insult to him but like if the goal is to really make deep playoff runs or maybe win a championship he's not going to be your second score I would really love for them to get Paolo Banchero because he I think he complements his team just in the sense that he can play next to JRE JRE can play the five Paolo can play the four and be that next offensive punch and do some different things Um, I also think that just I think a big in general would really help this team I think that's partially by design why they don't have a, another big on this team. But if you can throw like an actual rim-running five out there with Shea and Giddy, I think those are just going to be easy points. Like if you had a Clint Capella on this team with those guys, it'd be easy buckets all around just because the ability to stretch the floor and put pressure on the rim with – I mean, you saw um, Harden with Clint Capella and guys like that. If you have a good lob guy and then a guy who can beat their guy off the dribble and get in the lane – any point, you're going to be really, really successful in this league. So what I'm hearing is you would like to see JRE be inserted as the four instead of the five. Um, It, it kind of just depends on who's there in the draft because if maybe Paolo Banchero, maybe, I haven't watched enough tape of him to have a super, super strong opinion other than I think he's one of the – well, then I can't say that. But um, – <laughs> <laughs> This, we catch ourselves here, but I don't know that he's a super athletic, like a lob guy, you know, like a um, Jackson Hayes or a Clint Capella or DeAndre Jordan or any of those guys, Jared Allen. But I think JRE's great because he can play the four or five on defense, and then on offense, he can play the four or the five as well. So you can kind of just switch those. So if, say, Paolo, let's say Paolo is on this team. And he can't necessarily guard fives because he's just not ready. Well, you can throw him at the four. You can throw JRE on fives. And then you can let Paolo play the five on offense and JRE just space. Or you could even do the same thing if they get Chet Holmgren where it's like JRE is going to guard the fives, but Chet's going to be there on the weak side to block shots. I, I'm i really excited for this draft. We are fingers crossed. We need a top three pick, Sam Presti, please. But I'm, I'm hoping for it, man. I mean, we need a... 
we've been in a rut for this lo- this long. I feel like you know we coming on the upside of things. We need to get somewhere. It's our turn. It's, it, it is our turn. Yeah. You feel me? <laughs> if one more number one pick goes to New Orleans, I'm gonna lose my mind. <laughs> you guys can't take care of Zion. You can't take care of Anthony Davis. Just just give it up. Just give it up. Move to Seattle. No. For- Anyways, the Thunder are playing again tomorrow against the the rival Los Angeles Lakers, who they are up 2-0 against. Rival? Did you say, did you just say this was a rival, bro? It's not a rival. You're right. They're up 2-0. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but they call this, you know, the father-son game, the senior or the teacher-student game. I think uh, LeBron's kids are probably as old as Josh Giddy at this point. But I want to know for you, what is something? What are some things you're looking forward to in this game? I mean, you mentioned it. Last two meetings between these teams, the Thunder got the dub. One of the games was, you know, when the Thunder trailed after 26 points, I believe. So that was fun. I mean, hopefully, Bron shows up to play tomorrow. I understand that the game is in he, the game is here in OKC at the Paycom Center. I mean, I don't know why, but Bron never plays here. But I feel like. With the Lakers being down 0-2 against the Thunder, I feel as if, you know, they have they, – they're out for blood, if we're being honest with you. I mean, you saw the other night when the Lakers got the dub over the Seas. I mean, the, that Lakers squad looked unstoppable for the most part, especially with that three-headed snake they got in Braun, AD, and Brody. So, I mean, I feel like they're going to be on a mission when they come here tomorrow, and they're going to be ready to play. Overall, I feel as if it should be a solid game. I'm most definitely sure that Russ, Melo, and AD want revenge from the last two team meetings. So we'll see what happens. But you can't really count this Thunder team out. I mean, you got to understand, we are up 2-0 against this Lakers squad. So, I mean, I feel like if Shea shows up, Lou Dort shows up, Giddy, if Bays has another night of what we saw against the Raptors, you know, if our bench shows up as well, you know, guys like K-Will, Moose, if they come to play, I feel like we might get the dub at home tomorrow. That's just me, though. What about you? If LeBron plays, the Lakers win. If LeBron doesn't play, then I think it's almost a coin toss. I mean, we've mentioned it before, not to clown on Anthony Davis again, but if he doesn't show up for the second half, then what does it matter? Russell Westbrook's been playing really good basketball in the last couple weeks and really um, returned back to his all-star form, being way more efficient. And just, he looks more comfortable. It looks like he's found his spot on the roster, but... I, this team, this Lakers team is so old. If they they could get, because, I mean, that's something that the Thunder did in two of those comebacks is they just they are a young team who's just not going to get tired. And a lot of these teams, like the Lakers, who are used to where it's like, oh, we get up by 15 the regular season, we get up by 20, you'll usually pack it in. But the Thunder, it's like, we have nothing to play for. We're going <laughs> to we're gonna play our guys all game. And then they make a comeback, and then the Lakers are shocked. But I think the Lakers come out with a win in this one. If not, then... There are going to be some real problems if you've lost three straight to a team that's trying to rebuild, bro. Playing a 19-year-old TikToker, <laughs> two Canadians, a New Balance intern, and JRE. <laughs> you're losing to that team with the the goat LeBron. That your goat. And supposedly a top 10 player. Yeah, and, and a top 75 player. Right, and, and a person that averaged the whole triple double for a season. Carmelo, Rondo. I mean. I think LeBron, Dwight Howard, Dwight Howard, LeBron might have played more years by himself than this entire roster outside of I think Favors and Muscala. This is year I think eighteen or nineteen for LeBron. 
If he's in year 18, Josh Giddy just turned 19. Josh Giddy just turned 19, bro. Josh Giddy was born, and then LeBron was in the league. And he won Rookie of the Year when That's Josh insane. Giddy was t- turning one years old. I really, uh, not to change the subject too much, but in the Detroit game, I loved in the press conference when they asked Giddy about Cade. He was like, the kid played well. And they're like, you're a year younger than him. You, you can't call anyone a kid. <sighs> Hopefully the Thunder, you know, we're pro tank, so I think they'll – I think this two-game win streak probably comes to an end, but only time will tell. Like I mentioned, if LeBron plays, chalk it up. Yes, raps. <laughs> if LeBron doesn't play, then you know we, we get, get we get Lou Dort versus uh, Russell Westbrook. I'm excited for Lou Dort versus LeBron. Though. It's Lou Dort versus the world. Bro. Lou Dort versus the world right now. <laughs> we could all use a Lou Dort in our life. This is Lou Dort's world. We're just living in it. I was talking to my dad. It's crazy that like the defensive lineman at OU. Would just get towered over by Lou Dort, who looks like a short guy on the court. Exactly. Insane. Um, transitioning to the NBA side of things, the Pacers are rumored to try trying to trade Miles Turner, Demontis Sabonis, and Karis LeVert. Want to know if there are any good spots for those guys that you see around the league? Well, I mean, um, when you when I saw this on the rundown, and if you ask me though, I I think the this Pacers. Squad should have been traded and done with like two years ago. I think we all feel that way, except like, for the Pacers. I d- I don't know what why they want to keep this hope alive. I mean, they're just trying to force this roster to be a winning team, and they're simply just not that. I mean, Malcolm Brogdon and Jeremy Lamb they've been solid, but nothing bad, just not great. I mean, and they're still waiting for Karis LeVert to become his old self like he was in Brooklyn. And it's been almost two years and still nothing. And plus, you got an all-star in Sabonis and still a young, talented big in Miles Turner, and they're just not surrounding them with the with good enough players. So, man, that's that's tough as far as like where Miles Turner and Sabonis should go. I think for Miles Turner, I'm gonna go and say he should go to Chicago. Really? You know, where are they giving up? They're going to have to give up Pat Will, of course, and... They're going to have to make up the salary. I think that's going to be the hard part. Yeah. Uh, man, you're going to have to give up Patrick Williams. You might have to throw in... You might have to throw in Kobe White in there as well. And I'll say a future pick. I'll say a future first-round pick, if that. So would you be playing DeRozan, Vucevic, Levine, Lonzo, and Miles Turner? That actually doesn't sound that bad. You know, because, I mean... You space the floor well, yeah. Exactly. Like, you space the floor. You got length. You got versatility. You got guys that can do it all on both ends of the floor. So, I say why not? I'll go in a different direction. I like uh, Miles Turner with the Charlotte Hornets. I think giving a lob guy to LaMelo, like we talked about with Giddy and Shea, and then also he can protect the rim on the defensive end. I mean, they're playing Miles Plumley out there and JT Thor. If they can get some like actual solid center minutes, I think that could really help that team. And then you're still versatile where you have LaMelo out there and you have Gordon Hayward and Miles Bridges and you throw Turner out there and then you can just have a shooter. And I think that Terry Rozier, that's what I was forgetting. I think that's a really good lineup. That's actually, that doesn't sound Yeah, you bad. go LaMelo at one, Terry Rozier at two, Gordon Hayward at the three, Miles Bridges at the four, Miles Turner at the five. 
It's we got the doubles. <laughs> the two best miles basketball players I know. That that's facts. So I just don't exist. Are you in the NBA? In my mind. Okay. Do you have any trades for Sabonis <laughs> or Karis Levert? Karis Levert. Hmm. I think that's hard with that's the health stuff. That's kind of tough. Especially with uh, Levert, you know, him being in and out of the lineups. I mean, he hasn't just been the same since he left Brooklyn. But if I, you know, just look thinking of, like, the teams and the rest of the league, for Karis Levert, I feel as if he should go I got one to a team don't. like Minnesota. Really? I mean, they yeah, got I like a, Minnesota. They got they got like a lot of young talent over there. You know, they got Cat. They got Ant. I mean, I understand the thing with this Minnesota team is to build around Anthony Edwards. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's been they should be doing that. So I feel like if you put a a, a role player like Karis Levert next to a guy like Anthony Edwards, and you got a guy inside the paint like Cat, that's gonna be a problem. And maybe you know D'Lo. If they if they maybe want to move on from D'Lo, I don't know what they want to do with him because, I mean, he's been in and out of the lineups as well. So, I mean, if they want to trade for him, for Karis LeVert, that you got to take that into consideration. But overall, I feel like, you know, if you put him on the T-Wolves with Malik Beasley, Cat, Anthony Edwards, Jared Vanderbilt, they got a squad. Thank so. you for not saying Patrick Beverly in that lineup. <laughs> I appreciate it. I well, like that. Too. Just, just let's let's get D'Angelo Russell out of Minnesota. Let's just get him out of the way. I feel like you know because he's friends with Cat. They just trying to make it work, and it's just not, bro. It is not going to work. As far as Karis Levert, how about Dallas? Hmm. If you can make up the salary, you get another ball handler creator next to Luca, another scorer. I mean, they have guys like Tim Hardaway Jr., but he's not exactly somebody who's going to give you a lot of points off the balance necessarily. And I think it's really important for this Dallas team to have some secondary creation skills. They can't just be Luka and then feist in some Jalen Brunson. You're going to need some other things if you're going to compete. Um, and then another Miles Turner team. I'm having a hard time with Sabonis. Maybe San Antonio. That seems like a perfect fit. I was thinking the same thing, bro. I was thinking the Spurs too because, you know, they got DeJounte Murray, Kelvin Johnson. I feel like you need a versatile forward that can – do a little bit of everything, and that's what I feel like Sabonis would bring to that Spurs squad. So why not San Antonio? I mean, they're rebuilding. Why not play him as their kind of poor man's Jokic on their team? Exactly. Have everything go through him, and then you're going to have a lot of smart guys around him who can defend and shoot. I like that. Bro, I kid you not. I was literally over here thinking the same thing. I'm, I'm really not even, like, messing with you right now. Well, I got one more. Let's see if we're thinking alike on this. Miles Turner to New Orleans. You pair him with Zion. He's a guy who can shot, uh, who can block shots because Zion's not necessarily a five on defense, and he spaces the floor on offense for Zion as he posts up and gets in the lane. I mean, don't they already have Jackson Hayes though? Jackson Hayes is not good at basketball though. <laughs> That's the thing. Miles Turner is. You got a Longhorn for a Longhorn if you trade those two. Yes, Jackson Hayes was like pissed off that he didn't make second team all rookie, and he played like five minutes a game two years ago. He's like, how do, how do I not make the rookie team? It's like, because you didn't play well. That's part of it. How are you going to get mad about getting not on that list? If you're not in the top ten rookies in your class, that's on you. Yeah, but focusing on to my, back to Miles yeah. Turner, I, I'm cool with it. I'm just – I'm really trying to see the vision of what you're trying to put, like him with Zion. I, it's, it's, I feel like he could do better than that, if we're being honest with you. Maybe. Um, to defend it, I guess I would say it's just kind of the high-low thing of Zion can now 
really, really attack the basket because Miles Turner is no scrub from outside. He shoots like 37%, and he can get hot. And then defensively, like we mentioned, Zion's not guarding fives. He can guard some fours. You're going to need some shot-blocking presence on that team if you're going to play a 6'6 guy at power forward. And I think Miles Turner can provide a lot of that versatility for that team. I'm not sure what you would have to give up. I mean, they just re-signed Jonas Valanciunas because they are New Orleans and they do stuff like that. Brandon Ingram is maybe Brandon Ingram's the guy. Maybe you can trade Brandon Ingram for Turner and some picks. Maybe that would work. But just New Orleans has to do something. How about this for Miles Turner? Ooh. And we'll, I'm, this is my last one. And then we'll, You're going to we'll trade him on. to the Heat? No. Stop. We already have Bam, bro. Don't ever disrespect Bam like that. I'm sorry. Come on now. I was going to say Miles Turner to H-Town. Really? You know, we get the Twin Towers with him and Christian Wood. Why not? Is Houston trying to win now? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, when you have a when you have a Christian Wood season like this, Tillman Fertitta, you got to go for the finals. Don't don't tank. Don't try to outtake the Thunder. You got to try to win with Eric Gordon playing <laughs> this way. When you have somebody like Jay Sean Tate balling out the way he is or Kenyon Martin Jr., you can't waste an opportunity exactly, like this. Exactly, like don't try to tank. Don't don't see what we're doing over here and try to do that. No. So, But I feel like, you know, with a player like Miles Turner be, playing alongside a versatile big like Christian Wood, I feel like they could complement each other's game very well, if we're being honest mm-hmm. with you. So I feel as if, you know, we have that inside the paint along with a guy like Jalen Green, KPJ, Jason Tate. I feel like it, that could be a dangerous matchup, though. You look at that, that's a scary five. We missed one obvious Miles Turner team, only because I don't think they'll trade for him. Maybe next year they would. Oh. The Oklahoma City Thunder. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you not think that he would fit well with his team? Like, I mentioned the draft stuff, like, as a rim-running five who can catch lobs. He also spaces the floor. I didn't even mention that in the draft thing. And then, you know, the whole weak side thing, like I mentioned with Chet and JRE. JRE, if you throw out a lineup of Shea, Dort, Giddy, JRE, Miles Turner, I think that's a pretty good lineup. That actually sounds pretty good. And because it's pretty good, Sam Presti will not do that. (laughs) Heard that here first. Moving on to a different team with some different trade rumors. The Portland Trailblazers are in a little bit of turmoil as they have fired their GM, Neil O'Shea, after a number of years. And now their all-star guard, CJ McCollum, is going to be out for the year with a collapsed lung. Hopefully, CJ can get well soon. But this has turned into a disaster year as well because it seems like Chauncey Billups is kind of losing control of the roster. He he said something kind of wild the other day where he said, I've never been on a team or been around a team that the bench has to be the one that provides energy for the starters because they're not, like, into it. Dang. Pretty he wild. said that? He said something around that, yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's pretty hard to hear from a Hall of Famer like that's that. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so I want to know for you, with all this going on, is this the right time to trade Dame? If you're the Blazers. I'm going to go ahead and say I do think the Blazers should trade Dame. I mean, last night when the Blazers played the Warriors, reporters were saying yesterday that he's here to stay in Portland. He's made it very clear he wants to resolve all the problems and move forward and finish out the rest of his career here, not here in Portland, but over there in Portland. But I think, you know, with – CJ being out with the collapse long, prayers up to him. Hope he recovers well with everything. And, you know, the Blazers not really being a real threat in the West, I just feel like it's time to, you know, press the reset button and go back to the drawing board 
and just rebuild the franchise again. I mean, it's tough because, you know, when you think of this Portland Trailblazers franchise, a lot of players don't want to play over there, bro. Like, they just don't want to go to a small market. You really don't really win anything over there. I mean, they're very similar to Oklahoma City. Exactly. I mean, that that duo of Dame and CJ was it was great to watch over a nine year span, but I feel like it's it's slowly coming in, coming to an end, and I feel like you know, I feel like the Blazers should trade Dame and you know move on from CJ or one of the two. But this was a franchise that it hasn't been that exciting with Dame and CJ since Brandon Roy was there, but I feel like it's time for another rebuild and just just hang it up. I hate to see this Trailblazers team go to this extent, but I, I feel like it's time, though. What about I, you, bro? I agree. It's time. I mean, I have three different teams that may be for a Dame trade. Philadelphia is the obvious one. He who shall not be named, plus <laughs> Tyrese Maxey, plus maybe a couple firsts for Dame. I think that's fair, and I think that helps both teams. I mean, Tyrese Maxey is playing really, really great basketball. He's balling, bro. But if you're Philadelphia and you can get Damian Lillard to pair with Joel Embiid, you do that ten times out of ten. You don't have many opportunities left to win a championship with Joel Embiid just because of his injury history, and you get Damian Lillard in his prime, hungry. I think he would be awesome in Philadelphia. Give me an Allen Iverson and Damian Lillard podcast. That would be great. Would you not listen to that? I actually would. Yeah, absolutely. And then a couple other ones. Um, Boston, I don't. They'd have to give up Jalen Brown if they really want to do that. You got to give up either JT or JB. You got You can't yeah. keep those two and have Dame Lillard. Yeah, you're oh, not I'm trading sorry. Marcus Smart and a bunch of crap for exactly. Damian Lillard. You got to trade either Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. That's just how it is. This is another one that I I don't know. If this is likely, but I thought this was at least fun. Damian Lillard in the Garden in New York City. Bing bong. Bing bong is right. <laughs> you would have to give up R.J. Barrett. But if you're the Knicks and you're really, really like, we need to go in and we want to win right now, we want to be a really competitive team who can maybe like compete in the East, this is something you could do. You're going to have to give up Kemba and RJ, though. They don't even want Kemba. Yikes, I forgot. They yeah, don't. they're benching him. Yeah, if you want him in the salary filler, that's fine. But I, I think the, the whole key to the trade will be RJ Barrett. But it, it's time for Portland to do something different. This is what we're talking about with teams that are just caught in the middle. Like, we, we talked about Indiana. They've been in the middle forever since they traded Paul George. I would rather be bad for a couple of years like this Thunder team and get really good than just be meh for 10 years. But that's just me. You said meh? The Pacers are meh. I'm going to look up meh in the dictionary. Let's mid. See. That's what it means. <laughs> oh, meh? You said mid or meh? It's both. Oh. Oh, my bad. It, it means the same thing. Okay. All right. We're, we're out here learning. I'm learning. I'm not even classy. I'm about to graduate, and I'm still learning. So Life lessons. It's crazy. And then the last topic for today, you know, we're only about 30 games in, but I think it's important to kind of get a rain check on the MVP race and see who's playing well, who's uh, in the lead right now. So I want to know if the MVP voting was today, who would get your number one vote? Listen, bro, if you don't think Steph Curry should be MVP this season, you obviously haven't watched hoop this hoops at all. Like, you need to – Stop watching basketball if you don't think so. It just just pick up golf, bro. Mm-hmm. Go go do something. Just just stop, bro. Because obviously he's been ball, he's been on a tear right now. I mean, you we really didn't think he was gonna be like this. Be be just having his way on this court and just having just such a historic season. But he is. I mean, I'm happy for it. I'm here for it. But I'm not gonna say he's the unanimous vote though. 
I mean, guys like KD, Giannis, CP3, DeRozan, um, that's off the top of my head, are making a statement as well. I mean, you got guys just playing on another level, playing on different teams and just showcasing that, you know, I can play too. I, I can put up big numbers the same way as Curry, maybe not as much as Curry, but I can put up these big numbers too. So, I mean, it's not. It's still going to be tough for Curry to secure that MVP hardware this year. But those are – those are my candidates, though, but I definitely feel like Curry could get away. But, I mean, he's just been on a lo- another level, man. I mean, he should be on track to break Ray Allen's three-point record no later than next week. And just seeing his great performances from all these guys earlier that I mentioned, it's just great to see. So I'm, I'm excited for where, like, the league has been taking a leap and, like, guys showing up and playing well early on this season. What about you, though? I've got Steph as well. I mean, the Warriors are 21-4, and four, best record in the league. He's playing really, really great basketball. I mean, the best since his unanimous MVP year. In a lot of ways, he's playing even better than that year. So I think he's got to be the favorite. But as you mentioned, still a long season. Things can happen. Knock on wood, we don't want him to get injured or stop playing well. But things happen. You mentioned Kevin Durant. He's playing really well. Um, one guy you didn't mention who I think has been awesome is Nikola Jokic, the MVP from last year. I think he threw up like 30, 10, and 10 last night against Memphis, who Memphis's entire game plan was don't let Jokic beat us, and then Jokic beat them. That's 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 tough. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, I like that you mentioned him. He's been really underrated this year. He's been probably the most important player for the Bulls because he's been awesome and really versatile and stepped it up on defense and really shown his development from his time in San Antonio from you know being with the Raptors. No, for real. Like I'm I'm happy for Debo, you know. He was stuck in San Antonio and, you know, he needed to be freed. So I feel like, you know, him going into the Shy Town, it was a great situation. A lot of people didn't think it was gonna work. So I mean, I'm excited for where him, Levine and Lonzo are taking this team to new heights and, you know, maybe even see them in the finals. If Eastern Conference, you know, baby steps. I'm gonna go Eastern Conference. But we'll see though. I don't think they make the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, they'd have to beat Milwaukee or Boston probably to get there. I mean, we're not in the final, you know, stages of where the conference standings are going to be, but I have a hard time thinking they're going to have a better regular season record than Milwaukee or Brooklyn. You're right. But they're still, I mean, they could be the third best team in the East. It may be not if Philadelphia gets Dame Lillard. I mean, I think Chicago and Miami are comparable teams. I think Miami, I would still give the edge just because of their – championship experience with guys like Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry but these are both two extremely talented teams this might be the first time in a very very long time maybe in our lifetimes that the east has been better than the west that's what I'm saying like if you're being honest first time I can't remember the last time the east was actually this good I I say like early 2000s when they had like guys like AI even then, I mean, San Antonio was out west. They had the Lakers. Dallas was really good. Phoenix was really good. It might have been like the 90s or 80s the last Something time the like East that. was better. Probably like Larry Bird type days, mm-hmm. you know. Black and white footage. <laughs> they was playing on dirt courts. Mm-hmm. No three-point line. Just vibes. Yep. Get the peach basket. <laughs> the stick. Poke it back out. Guys are shooting underhand. Uh-huh. Tough. Don't disrespect Brent Barry like that. <laughs> Anyways, I think that's got to do it for us. We got to get out of here. But thank you so much for listening. We are the Thunder Grads. Miles, what do you have to say before we get out of here? Man, be sure to follow us on IG at Thundergrads and Twitter at the Thundergrads to stay up to date on all of our latest content. 
But other than that, man, we are the Thundergrads. You are now dismissed from class.